Ladies and gentlemen, once again, welcome to J House Radio. And here today we have our lovely co-host KJ, the man with the. Well, I'm sorry, today he's not wearing a sexy shirt. He's wearing a jet shirt, so we'll just leave wow. it at that. And me with the sexy Captain America shirt today. Once again, welcome. And today we have a plethora of things you want to talk about. New York Comic Con. We're reviewing um, She-Hulk episode seven, I believe it is. Yes. Uh, we are also talking about several other subjects. Eight, actually. Excuse eight, me, sorry. Second. Episode eight. Of episode She-Hulk. eight, excuse me. Uh, we're going to talk about our sponsor in a little bit. It's all KJ. We're going to talk about a show on Netflix. We're going to talk about someone's opinion about superhero films, not ours. Uh, and uh, thoughts on a couple trailers and things like that that came out of New York Comic Con. Uh, so, there's the intro. There we go. We're ready to go. KJ, take it away. I love the intro, man. I love the intro. I'm just going to have you just do the intro from now on. That's your new job, man. Let's do the How do you use my radio voice? There you go, man. That's what they're here for. That's what they're here for. Uh, but yeah, like Lowe's mentioned, we uh, have our first sponsor, which is owned.tv. Which, if you're a content creator, if you're a streamer, uh, if you need um, any kind of special effects, uh, overlays, emotes, uh, anything of that nature, you can go to own.tv. Uh, our link will be in the description of the show. And also, if you listen to the audio version of this podcast, it will be in the link in that description as well. If you guys check out own.tv through our link, you guys will help support the podcast and, you know. Show us some love, man. Why not check it out? Especially if you're a content creator, check it out. Even if you're not, go look at it anyway. If you are listening to the audio version of this, leave a comment, um, rate and review us. If you're watching this live or watching the video version of this, hit that like button, subscribe. Definitely help. That's a, definitely another way of helping the uh, the channel as well. Um, Lose real quick. We're going to jump into, if you have any, our PWLs real quick. If you have any for this week, uh, I'm going to let you go first. What might you be playing, watching or listening to? playing what i'm playing is um star trek lower decks it's a mobile game it's uh really they got a a lower decks game now crazy yeah they have a lower decks game it's a pretty simple game you know it's easy to play um you know you're trapped on the holodeck it's fun it's a good it's a good time killer but it's one of those games like you do a couple of things you set it aside it's a very passive game but i like it okay excuse me watching watching lower decks (laughs) Uh, listening right now i am trying okay there was a form of music in the 80s called high energy so think of it as like the 80s version of disco okay and i was talking to my brother and my brother was like oh i'm in the mood to hear some high energy music so Mm -hmm. i had a high energy mix out and now i'm decided to do a deep dive into the into the genre again and start downloading songs that i haven't heard forever Nice, so nice. I, I found the list and I dug through 250 songs. Out of the 250, I remembered maybe about 100 or 120 of them. And I had most of them, but there were some gems that I didn't have. And I listened to them. I was like, oh, my God. this is, I remember this song. Okay, download. <laughs> well, I remember this song. Download. Yeah, so kind of doing that. I I remember. Um, I, I, I love the moment that you get when you listen to a song again that you remember from like so many years ago. And it just reminds you of that feeling from when you first heard it. It's freaking amazing. Freaking amazing. My favorite oh. part is I still remember the words to some of these songs that I haven't heard in really decades, <laughs> decades. And I played the song and I was like singing with it. And I was like, I remember the lyrics. Damn. It's, it's kind of funny uh, to kind of tap into my listening segment. Uh, I was talking about, 
songs you haven't heard in a while that you remember the lyrics for. Do you remember the song uh, "Jump" by uh, Criss Cross? Yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I but surprisingly, that was not in my playlist for some reason, and I just recently listened to it for the first time. I haven't heard it in a while, and I still remember the freaking words to that song. I remember being a kid having that song on my cassette tape player, and like I still remember the words to that. That was the first cassette tape that I bought for my, with my own money ever really really and, and that moment still sticks with me to this day freaking love it um i remember the first record i bought with my own money which was um it was just this random high energy song from when i was djing oh yeah um yeah the first cassette i ever bought was um uh from public enemy um it takes a nation of millions to hold us back I think that's what it was called okay that's actually a good hold first on, that's actually a really good first cassette to buy <laughs> yeah um yeah it's just sort of weird how, how certain certain music sticks with you forever yeah I, like like i said i think that's um i don't remember all the other songs that was on that cassette tape that's the only one that i remember but man like that that song sticks with me and to this day i just like i remember being a kid listening to it and it, it just feels like yesterday man Time flies, chat. Time flies. I will tell you this much, though. It Takes a Nation of Millions to Hold Us Back is one of the few albums I can listen um, beginning to end. The other one is Nirvana's uh, Nevermind. I can listen to that beginning to end, oh, not skip a track. I, I freaking love Nirvana, man. Love Nirvana. You can't go wrong with that. Um, and for some odd reason, like so many remixers are now into adding the the some elements uh, uh samples from um uh, smells like teen spirit into house tracks oh yeah i mean that that's that's a really popular song man everybody loves that freaking song to this day i yeah, still I st- to make I st- it I st- into I house music <laughs> hey try something different i guess right yeah i guess <laughs> um and so for my pwl um well like i said listening to i've been kind of going back listening to some old tracks that i haven't heard in a while. I also recently bought me a record player. I don't know if I told you that little that no. little bad that little bad boy sitting right there behind me right there. It's like one of those. Oh, suit- okay. Yeah, one of those little suitcase record players. Um, and I'm going crate diving for the first time, man. And I'm I'm actually kind of in having fun discovering new music that I haven't listened to music that I've listened to years ago, hearing it on vinyl. Um, I bought the Lost Boys soundtrack on record, uh, which Jeez. is one of my one of my favorite movies of all time and like so first time like i have now mind you i haven't listened to a record player probably since i was a kid and i put the lost boy soundtrack on i'm listening to the music and cleaning the house and i kept hearing a noise i was like what is that noise like what is that sound and then i just went about my business heard it again like what the heck is that noise it's the instruments in the freaking music like record player like music on the record player just comes off so different like you can hear every instrument almost and i hear like this the, the slight little tss, tss, tss in the background it, it's because your record is new the the um, the drawback to vinyl is the more you use it the more you wear it out and the more you wear it out the less you hear really digital is still the cleanest and best way to listen to music but it's not as warm as vinyl yeah there, there's something about that warmth man the ultimate really way to listen to music is a record player on a tube amp 
with old speakers. Because if you got a tube amp, oh my God. Really? Even in the recording studio, they'll take, they'll look for microphones from the 1940s, these old ribbon mics, mm-hmm. hook it up to a tube preamp before it goes right into the board to warm it up way before it gets digitized. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. Hashtag Los Facts right there, man. There we go. We're going to make it a thing. <laughs> um, another thing, part of my PWL is on Netflix, they just came out with, uh, Netflix is kind of like going through a thing right now, man. Like they got some interesting documentaries going on and they, they, they have this phase where they go through amazing documentaries and then they just go quiet right now. They have a documentary for, uh, Marilyn Monroe. They also have a film that is about her life called blonde. Did you hear about that? Lewis? I don't know if you heard about that. Uh, no, I didn't hear about it. Uh, but Marilyn Monroe is one of these characters, one of these people whose history is just wrapped up in so much myth and so much lies and so much inaccuracies that it's kind of ridiculous. Yeah. Um, I Like one it, of them is they say that she's Mexican. She's not Mexican. Mexican? She ta- yeah. She has family ties to Mexico. Really? And she was 100% fluent in Spanish, but she wasn't Mexican. Wow. I never knew that. I, I'm still pretty early in the movie. I think um, the movie's like almost three hours long. I think I'm like maybe halfway through. So the actor that you saw in black and white speaking to the person who plays Marilyn Monroe. Yeah. He's uh, a Cuban American actor. He's been in Marvel. Uh, he was the dad, the stepdad in Ant-Man. And uh, he's oh, from. Oh yeah, you're Union right. City. I remember. He's from Hudson County. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. He was a stepdad. I, I completely forgot about that. I knew I've seen him somewhere. I just couldn't remember where I saw him. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, I don't know much about Marilyn Rowe. Um, I've never really had an interest in her, um, honestly, but the documentary, um, it looked, I mean, it's not really a documentary, but it kind of is. Um, it's basically about her life. The, the art style of, I mean, the, uh, cinematography of this film is just so freaking amazing. It bounces back and forth between black and white so often uh when it's shot in black in black and white when you have your scenes in black and white it feels like you're almost viewing what happened in that time period and it's very interesting you know she 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 does go through some really dark things in her life um so for me it's it's a it's a really good film and it's also just interesting to learn about her because i've never had that interest to learn about her before I, I never knew anything about her and what i'm playing uh overwatch 2 uh overwatch 2 just released on pc ps playstation and xbox um it's free to play now it's it's a hero shooter fast pace fast pace hero shooter what uh again? uh o- overwatch 2 i'm not sure oh, if you overwatch, heard of okay yeah um it's it's free to play now definitely try it out maybe we should go head to head sometime Lowe's and check it out well not head to head but on when teams switch when it hits the switch, actually, it I know it might be on Switch. Uh, switch, it might be on Switch. <laughs> it might be on a Nintendo Switch, I think. All right, so we're gonna jump into our show notes here, and this is kind of an interesting one. We have another director claiming that superhero films are horrible, supposedly. Um, director of Watchmen, Alan Moore, recently uh, stated. And hold on, see if I can find the article for you guys. Recently stated in an article on Screen Rant that superhero movies shouldn't be for adults. Uh, you just recently looked over the article, Los. 
What's your opinion on that? He's an asshole. <laughs> you're you're talking about uh, comic books are something that's stretched back to the 40s. So you're talking about comic books have covered three to five generations in this country. Yeah. To say that this material that we've all were essentially raised off of, if we didn't, if we weren't raised off it, we all knew it. Even if you never read a Superman comic book, you know, up, up, and away. Yeah, we've all exactly. Seen Superman movies. You know what I'm trying to say? Everybody knows who Batman is. You know who is Batman? Even if you've never seen a Star Wars movie, you you know, you know, may the force be with you. In Star Trek, it's live long and prosper. Like there are certain things that are just part of the culture. You are upset because you think it should be for kids. Well, guess what? A lot of these comic books are not written for kids. They're written for, for teenagers and young adults. They're not written for children. The days of comic books being written for children died with Archie. Yeah. I hate to tell you this. I feel you know? like, yeah, we, we are in a, in a different phase of comics. And I think a lot of the reason why we are in a different phase of comics is because the, the high of comics when comics were at that like level of just like stardom and fandom happened around a time that you were young and around a time that I was young. Like that's when no, comic books no. were at its height. Comic books were for children up until about 1968. And then what happens is with the death of the Batman TV show, the Adam West one, you know, mm -hmm. the really corny cheesy one. Yeah. What they did and the comic code authority, what they did is they, the Comic Code Authority held no power. So then to keep people interested in the 70s, they started with Batman and they started turning Batman into what he's recognizable today. The world's greatest detective fighting crime, being violent and things like that. And then you have characters like Blade come out. You know, um, you have characters like uh, Power Man, which is Luke Cage. Yeah. And they started aiming more towards teenagers. And then in comes the 80s and they started doing graphic novels. Uh, 76, excuse me, graphic novels. Uh, no, 76 was annuals with the X-Men annuals, and they started doing more mature things. And the okay. 80s were graphic novels, and they were even more mature. So okay. to the point, uh, the thing is now comics are not a children thing. It's a young adult thing when it comes to um, the actual books. But kids aren't into reading the way adults are. So it has become an adult medium. And that's what you have to look and realize. So much so that you can buy comic books digitally, read it on your phone, read it on your iPad. We're now seeing it on screen. It is not meant for kids. The days of it being for kids was in the 50s and 60s and 40s. It's not so, for kids anymore. So it really it, is for young adults and adults. So could it be also credited to the change in technology and no, you know, the change no. in culture in it general? It is a change of culture. Once the 60s were over, in came the 70s, that... The 70s began with an era of maturity, understand? It's almost like uh, the 60s was the last bit of this country's teenage years. And in comes the 70s on forward where it's more about being an adult, where today's culture and society is being about accountable for yourself, which is kind of your 18, 19, 20 to 22 year old age where you're learning to be accountable for yourself. Yeah. This person has the wrong opinion of comic books because comic books aren't like that. He directed Watchmen. Watchmen was not meant for kids. That is an old comic book. Yeah, he really needs to rethink. That's why I thought you that know? was weird because it's like you just like you well not just recently, but you did a film um, about a movie based on a comic that, like you said, that wasn't for kids. So you understand that you just already understand that concept. Yeah, you know, 
So it was just kind of weird. It was almost like a double standard statement to even say that, you know, I mean, and, so. and I would even probably think, I mean, I don't know the t- statistics, but would you think that kids nowadays read more comics or about the same compared to maybe when you were younger or when I was younger? Kids do not read comics at all. Kids watch the cartoons. Kids watch the movies because I work at a school. I work with up to fifth graders. And when I talk to them about characters, they have zero idea of the history of a character. They only know what was on the screen. Yeah. Literacy is not pushed in schools as it used to be. You know, even as a kid, they're like, have that kid read. Even if it's a comic book, mm-hmm. let them read. And that's not pushed anymore. So now it's just a matter of, you know, kids don't want to spend 2 $3 excuse me, five to $7 on a comic book. You know, they'd rather just sit and watch whatever streaming. Yeah, that is true. That's true. I guess nowadays, you know, instead of having a comic book, you just watch a Marvel movie. You don't need the comics mm-hmm. anymore. If or you a Marvel learn... cartoon. Exactly. If you want to learn about it, just turn on the TV. <laughs> so, yeah, it sucks. I mean, like I said, we, we got these directors coming out left and right. We had uh, Martin Scorsese, I believe it was. Um, I think it was him. That, that That's... That's a perfect example of someone who was making great films in an era when this country was trying to grow up. Godfather and things like that. You know, he he comes from an era where things in this country were trying to be more mature. They're trying to give up all the childishness and really separate the age groups. Yeah. So for him, of course, it's not going to work because he wasn't raised. His thought process in films were original stories, original characters original themes, original everything else. Where nowadays, it's what can I adapt to make something popular? Very rarely do we see an original type of film. Yeah, that is true. Nowadays, we're full of, like you said, sequels and part twos, part five, part 20s and spinoffs and remakes like, and reboots. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very rare to see a very original and decent story nowadays. It's, it's just hard to see it. You know, so, but yeah, it sucks. I wish these directors would just get over it. Uh, film evolves, it changes over the years, and that's just where we are right now, man. Let it be what it is. The um, other thing that really changed a lot of film was YouTube, because now all your original ideas are short films put on YouTube that may get one, a hundred, or a million views. You never know. Exactly. Exactly. Um. All right, let's jump into um are uh, more of our show notes here we're going to talk about new york comic-con uh which just recently happened which i'm kind of upset because i was going to go but i i was too late to buy tickets man i was too late i was actually going to go on the, the friday uh, event and the friday event sold out asap asap I, I couldn't even get in there so but we're going to talk about some of the things that came out of comic-con um obviously we're not going to talk about everything it's just way too much to cover uh, but Lois, is there anything before we jump into that? Anything specifically that spoke to you that came out of Comic Con this year? Everything about Star Trek that got announced. <laughs> of course. Everything I about Star Trek that. that got announced. Because it's all stuff we've been waiting for for a very long time. And they released final trailers for things like Picard, um, Prodigy, and things like that. And Discovery, they did a little teaser for it. So these are all things that we've been waiting a very long time for, and I'm glad they came out. And I still haven't got a chance to see all of them. Yeah. Um, and I'm just kind of excited about that, you know. 
Yeah, I, I feel like Star Trek is kind of like really going through a phase right now where we're getting Star Trek everything now. Games, TV shows, out the, out the wooza. We're getting a lot of Star we're Trek. We're going through the second golden age of Star Trek. The second golden age of Star Trek. Okay. Right. First golden age was <clears throat> during, um, was from Star Trek The Next Generation to Star Trek Deep Space Nine to Star Trek Voyager to then Star Trek Enterprise. And then a <laughs> couple of years of quiet. We had the terrible J.J. Abrams reboot movies. And mm -hmm. then now with Paramount Plus, they rebooted it. And now we have all new Star Trek. I'm, I'm waiting to see, since we're talking about space, when we're going to get the uh, second, maybe third golden age of Star Wars. Because you talk about Star Trek had their days of quiet. I feel like, I don't want to say we're quiet with Star Wars. We're getting our little spiel of like TV shows. But like as far as the movies... I wonder when we're going to hit our golden age of Star Wars movies again. I think Star Wars has been pulling back from films because of the disasters of the Star Wars stories. You know, with um, with the Han Solo movie and um, was it Rebel One? Rogue One. Rogue One. Mm -hmm. um, and things like that. It's just, just they kind of pulling back. And they'd rather invest the money in Disney Plus and with the series. Yeah. I just kind of think that they're, they're trying to go the Star Trek route and focus on television. Yeah. I, I, I 100 agree. I, I noticed that. I think once I, once we got Mandalorian and then once we got uh, Boba Fett and now we have um, Andor, which I haven't got a chance to watch yet, but I will catch up soon and watch it. I'm start, I started to notice it then. Like, man, we're getting a lot of Star Wars like shows now. I'm wondering if they're just, like you said, they're going to take a break, sit back, and wait and see like all right we're gonna do a movie but we want to wait till the right time from we, we want we want to have a good idea of a story that is so big that it's only going to be big enough to put on screen no i think the problem was star wars painted themselves in the corner all their films were about the skywalker saga i mean yeah that too all of that them. too yeah they're, they're so probably now like the skywalker yeah. saga is over what are you we didn't do? build yourself you painted yourself into a corner and you didn't build yourself a place to go. You could have, forgive me because I don't know the characters' names anymore because, quite frankly, <laughs> those movies were terrible. Um, Finn, the Black Stormtrooper, mm -hmm. and oh, what's the girl? The Mary Sue who could do everything? The one who uh, changed her name? Ray. Ray, yeah. If you would have done the films where, her, where Finn and Ray became Jedi, understand you could have ended all those films with uh, with an after credit scene or even just a scene after everything where they are starting a jedi academy understand or yeah. even them walking into the old temple the old jedi temple you know and them having a simple line of we have a lot of work ahead of ourselves and you could have literally then cut to that little kid with the broom grabbing using the uh grabbing the broom with the force and then you would have implied there is a whole new saga with new Jedi and a new Jedi order. But instead they were just like, I'm Skywalker. And <laughs> so it, 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 it put a period to the sentence and it didn't let them go anywhere. I think like you said, and then we'll jump back into comic con stuff after this. I think like you said, yeah, they did paint themselves into a corner because even the shows they're putting out right now in some way, shape or form still kind of revolves around the Skywalker saga. 
except for uh, Boba Fett and Mandalorian. Yeah, and, yeah, in a sense, because but it's like they're still pulling storylines from the Skywalker saga in a sense. Like, yeah, they're their own story, but there's a lot of referencing to the Skywalker saga still in those shows. Yeah. I mean, like we freaking had Luke on the Mandalorian for crying out loud at a young age. So it's like they're they're their own stories, but they're still pulling from that bowl. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like it's going to be really tough for them to just start a complete new story, complete new saga that has nothing to do with Star Wars whatsoever. I mean, it had okay. nothing to do with the Skywalker saga. Here's your what if. How would you start it? Uh, Mandalorian is great. My name in chat no, says. No, no. Yes, it is. How would you start the new series of Star Wars films? I don't know. That is in chat. Answer that question for me too. My name, you too, because you're a big Star Wars fan. How how would you start it? Uh, for me, purpose. Um, honestly, I I don't know. That is that is a job that I don't want to have. If I'm somebody that works at Disney, that's not a job I want to be responsible for. Because you have so many fans who have been um who who have been in love with this franchise for over twenty years now. And to take something, to take this story that we've been, like, we've been literally telling the Skywalker story for over 20 years. And to take this story and just say, all right, we're done with it and jump into something new. What does that feel like? That's got to be jarring for the franchise. Exactly. The only option they have left themselves is for Ahsoka to create a Jedi Academy or for Ahsoka to have a team around her where she's training two other Jedis, two other Greys. Yeah. And they get into conflict, you know, with whatever Ray's camp of Jedi go through. So you create a Jedi war where there's no real bad guy. It's just two different ways of thinking. How do you accomplish the same thing? So then it becomes a morality. It's not about space wizards with laser swords. It is now about morality. Space wizards with laser swords. I I, Mm -hmm. I love it. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, but think about it. If you have someone like Ahsoka who says, you know, there's good and bad in everything and you need to how to use both equally and understand it in yourself, you know, you can love, you can like, you can have your own life, you can have children, Ahsoka's way, or you can go through the old Jedi's way where you're you're not allowed to have ties, you're not allowed to love anybody, you're not allowed to be, you know, too connected to anybody else. Yeah. You know, you have two different ways of doing, accomplishing the same thing. And then through them, they can discover maybe the Sith were reborn or another version of the Sith was reborn. Or just simple fact is just make them like adventure movies. <laughs> no, uh, seriously. My... Since Star uh... Wars follows the fantasy trail, you can take any medieval story and just replace the knights and wizards with Jedis and you can follow the same story except set it in space. My name in chat says I smell a hater. Say again. I said my name in chat says I smell a hater. <laughs> no, it's not a hater. It, it's it's this question was how would you reboot it? And this is my opinion, because yeah. once you have two groups of heroes essentially, you know, uh, trying to accomplish something, but they're fighting amongst themselves. Maybe not with maybe not with, you know, with actual lightsabers, but with words and with action. You yeah. know, it's interesting. You could even go so far as have two of them on the mission. And how many movies have you seen where two people are trying to get something and they're making fun of each other as they go through the mission? 
Yeah, you know that is true. That that's one way to approach it. The problem is in the movies they painted themselves into a corner and they put a period on the uh, uh, on the story on the end of the story and they just put themselves in such a spot where they can't really move forward. Yeah, it it is going to be, it's it's going to be a challenging job, man. It's it's definitely going to be a challenging job to see where they go from here. Um, I feel like. Like you said, you asked me where would I take it from here. I feel like it would probably, in my opinion, I would revolve it around a Mandalorian. It's the hottest thing happening in the Star Wars TV shows right now is Mandalorian. Um, there's so, so many different. You'd create a Star Wars without Jedi. Uh, I don't want to say without. They're still there. They're just scarce. There's not a lot of them. And I feel like I would make it more of a space Western, which is what Mandalorian feels like, which I love that feel. I, I love that take on the Star Wars universe as a space Western. I would go that route and then maybe sprinkle your Jedi in here and there. You might run into one here and there because at that point, there's not a lot left. A lot of them are dead. All right. New York Comic Con. Um, thoughts. Mario trailer. What you think? Did you watch it? Um, animation was really good. Um, yeah. I hated the Mario voice. Ah, uh, why? Chris Pratt? I, I think like... he's just overused in animation now. Listen, what the, how many years have you been playing Mario games and you hear, woohoo, it's me, Mario. Yeah. And you don't, you don't hear that. So that's not Mario. You see what I'm trying to say? I feel you. You remove the voice of the character. And now you expect us to believe he's someone else. Okay. You know, but he's still from New York. And how come he, there's no New York accent there? <laughs> I mean, I get what you're saying. Uh, the inflictions of Mario's voice is not the same. Honestly, I didn't expect it to be the same. I really didn't. I, I didn't expect it to have the same exact inflictions because it's just... I just I, I didn't think that they were going that route. I figured if they're going to get an actor to voice him, they're going to get somebody that's going to be close to the best of their ability, but not the same type of voice. Because then I feel like people might look at it like, all right, well, we're used to hearing Mario's voice on occasion in the video games. But imagine if he's talking the entire time. How is that going to sound? Are people going to like that? Is it going to seem too stereotypical or whatever? I don't know. I'm just trying to think of how like like what was their thought process in hiring their chris thought pratt process was not let's let's stick to what's been established for decades their thought process was let's use the a person who's been really successful in animating uh, using animation voices which is chris pratt yeah let's get all these stars in there and let's push that forward and if you're looking at it strictly as a um a commercial venture, venture, yes, they made the right decision. But now, what they've did is they have now affected every Mario game going forward. Do you stick with the old voice? It's me, Mario. Or do you stick with Chris Pratt? I think they're still just going to stick with the regular Mario voice because at the end of the day, it's 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 just a Mario movie. There's not really much story connected in, in terms of the game. Most of the storylines are, are always the same. You know, uh, we got Koopa trying to get the princess and Mario saves the day. So I think it, when it comes to the games, they're still going to use the same type of voice. 
I, just, I think they are yeah, because I feel I, like I don't think so. Because I feel like if they decide to pick a truly like someone who doesn't have an accent voice, then that means over the years the voice is just going to change and it's just not going to feel authentic. It's not going to feel like a Mario game anymore. You get what I'm saying? Because like that voice is what makes that character because that's all you hear, right? Over all the years, but you know what I'm saying? You're right. That's the voice you've heard all these years, and they chose to ignore that voice for the movie. Yeah, I I feel like I feel like they I I didn't see them doing it. I did not see them changing that voice because I feel like if they tried to get somebody that was close to the Mario game, uh, there there, there would have been some hardcore fans that would have complained. Oh well, it's not Italian enough. It's not New York enough, or it's not this. They're going to complain about it. It's not close enough. So they figure, you know what? If they're going to complain, they're going to complain. We might as well just go ahead and pick pick who we want at that point. Yeah, but again, for me, you're now looking at changing Mario's voice in every game moving forward. Uh, because here's the thing. You have to realize you're introducing a, a new audience. Because kids are going to, parents are going to bring their kids. Yeah. Okay? And the kids are going to watch it. So the kids see the next game and they hear, it's me, Mario. They're like, that's not his voice. <laughs> yeah, they definitely will. So My daughter will probably altered, say that too. But now you've altered it. That is that yeah. is interesting. It's going to be interesting to see where they go from here. I'm curious to see what the next Mario voice sound like for the next Mario game. That's, that's now, if you ask me, is it going to be entertaining? I believe it 100% will be entertaining. Oh, yeah, for sure. This is a studio that made... You know, uh, Despicable Me, and like that, that studio is amazing. So I, I have no doubt that the movie is going to be good. Um, it's just like, I don't know. I'm curious to see how the voice is going to be throughout the rest of the film. That that's what I'm really curious about. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Lo says, uh, I mean, Lo's uh, Legion's chat says, yeah, Lo's. But at the same time, in the late '80s, there was a TV series for it. Was not the icon voice we know though. Oh, oh yeah, that's right. He's talking. I forgot about the TV show. I yeah, forgot about that TV show. See, and I used to watch that all the time too. I used to always watch that show. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, that yeah, was yes that point. Was, that was interesting. Um, all right. Next top, next thing that came out of Comic Con, Spawn creator Todd McFarlane finally announces new writers for the upcoming Spawn film, which is going to be rated R, by the way. Uh, Scott Silver and Malcolm Spellman and Matthew Mixon. Uh, some of these guys worked on Logan and Joker, and the film's going to be starring Jamie Foxx. Did you see the original Spawn movie? Yes. Did you like it? Movie. Yeah, it was Terrible. horrible. <laughs> we should have we should have put that on our. I can't believe somebody paid for this because that 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 was a horrible freaking oh, God, movie. Yeah. <laughs> and, but you know what? The sad part is there were so many elements of that movie that that were great. That that like that movie almost could have been great. I mean, yeah. I, I'm not. Uh, does it Jamil White? The oh, Jamil White. Played Spawn? No, Jamil White. That's freaking. Um, isn't that freaking? What's the name? That's uh Steve Urkel. Jamil White. <laughs> no, uh, hold on. Uh, IMDb. 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 Spawn. 1997, right? Yeah. Oh, Michael J. White. Michael J. White. Yeah. Okay, I'm not, I'm not a big fan of his acting. No, but <laughs> I think with a little pushing and because he's he's done some stuff where he's he he's been they decent. soften him up enough where he seems human. He doesn't seem like you know, uh, like I'm I'm playing the part of a tough guy all the time. Yeah, I've got no feeling. You yeah. Know? Um. 
so I've seen him act in some stuff where he's he's pretty good. I think if you would have nudged him the right way, he would have been great. John Leguizamo was amazing in the movie. I love um, John Leguizamo. I love that freaking guy. His, his stand-ups back in the day, hilarious. Still good. But, but yeah. Still good. I haven't, I, haven't, I haven't watched him in a while. I haven't watched him He's a got a special on Netflix. Oh, yeah? I got to yeah. check it out then. Everybody has a special uh, on Netflix. Uh, Teresa Randall, who played his wife, played great in the part. Good-looking woman. Uh, they 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 didn't they didn't push her as a, as this ultra sexy woman. They just pushed her as someone who happened to be beautiful, and I, and I just think they they pushed that the right way. I think Martin I, Sheen I, I, as the bad guy, I just think wasn't that great. He's you know he's he's never great though. He's not a great actor. <laughs> he's really not. Uh, his wife, I didn't think I don't like her as an actress as well. T- T- Teresa Randall, I I don't really care about her. Um. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it was for the '90s. I mean, it, it it is what it is. I mean, it was it was one of those cheesy '90 movies, and uh, the director, um, Tom McFarlane, even said himself he felt like one of the things that held back that film is that it was PG-13 for one, because Spawn yeah. is a very graphic comic. I used to watch the uh, Spawn TV show on HBO when I was a kid. I should not have been watching that as a kid. Sorry, mom, if you're listening to this. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it was a very, it's a very graphic comic. That, that's just what that series is about. So I'm glad that they're going into this film and allowing it to be rated R. I feel like we're starting to get to this point where people are getting comfortable with giving comic book movies a rated R rating, especially after Logan's success. Um, no, after Deadpool success. Yeah. Oh yeah, Deadpool came first, right? Deadpool came. Well, Deadpool. And, and Blade also. People forget that Blade is. A yeah, I keep. You know, I keep forgetting that they're. Yeah, you're right. So, I feel like we're getting more comfortable with like directors saying, "Okay, we can make a comic book movie and have it be rated R." Why? Because comic book movies are for adults. All right, Mister Freaking. Uh, what's his name that we talked about earlier? Alan Moore. Comic book movies are for freaking adults. Why are they being rated R if they're not? Um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm a big fan of Spawn. Uh, I was a big fan of him growing up. I used to have a lot of his comics and toys and things like that. So I want this to be good. McFarlane wants to turn this into his own little universe because there's a lot of characters that comes out of the Spawn universe that could probably make some interesting stories, maybe some some TV shows or a spinoff movie or something like that. So I'm I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued. I'm 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 ready to see where this goes. I'm hopeful, but at the same time, I think I'll probably be let down. I'm thinking the same thing, but because I still have that bad taste from the original spawn in my mouth. So it's a little hard to shake that. But hopefully with amazing writers, I have some sense of optimism with this one. So I'm tempering my expectations. Temper my expectations. We'll see. Yeah, for me, um, I don't think Jamie Foxx might be the right person for it. But then again, you know, he has incredible acting chops and maybe he knows how to, Yeah. you know, but he'll bring the proper balance to the character. But in, my initial thought is, Ugh. but then again, you know, we've been surprised in a lot of things that, that Jamie Foxx has done, like yeah. Collateral. He was amazing in that movie. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you give him the right part, he could do some good, you know, some good work. It just it just really depends on the part that he's playing, because he's had some parts that did not fit his skill set. You know what I'm saying? So I don't think it's that 
Jamie Foxx has been a bad actor here and here. I just think he just has some parts that just didn't fit his skill set. So something we'll probably just did for a check. Yeah, probably. <laughs> uh, Legion chat says I enjoyed Spawn because of Clowny played by John Leguizamo. Yeah, yeah, I agree. If John Leguizamo was not in that film, it would have been even worse. Even worse. Um. All right, so let's jump into some more news from Comic Con. All right, so listen, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna be honest here. Hey, let me, uh, let me, let me close in the uh, camera and on, on me on this one if I can find my camera thing. I said I wasn't going to watch the Black Panther two trailer. Wasn't going to. Okay. So anybody who's in chat, you're probably gonna be mad at me, especially my name. I said I wasn't gonna watch it, but you know what? I gave in. I'm sorry. I listen. I, I I keep seeing the little icon pop up on YouTube. You know, Black Panther two, Black Panther two trailer. I said I wasn't gonna watch it. I had to do it right before the show came on. I was like, I want to talk about Black Panther. I'm so excited for the movie. I already have my tickets with my girl. We're ready to go. I watched the trailer. If you don't want to watch the trailer, Black Panther two. I'm gonna let you guys know. My name in chat. I know. I'm sorry. You're giving me a face. I I can feel your presence. Um. If you don't want to watch the trailer, step out for like three minutes. I'm going to play the trailer while we talk about it. And yeah, so Black Panther 2. Um, there was something in regards to the director. We'll talk about that before I play the trailer. Uh, yeah. That happened earlier this year. Lois, you found out um, that apparently the director of Black Panther 2 during the filming in Georgia went to go uh, withdraw some money from the bank. A lot of money, might I add. And because he was a black guy who wrote on a piece of paper, I want to withdraw so and so and so. Can you be discreet about it? The uh, bank teller was thought it was a little suspicious. I guess she didn't realize who he was. He had his mask on or something like that. And she eventually uh, went in the back, called 911. They arrested him because they thought he was robbing a bank. Thoughts, Los? Well, he went into a Bank of America and he went to withdraw $12,000. Um, and because he was a black man wearing a mask, because, you know, he still has all the mask mandates he has to deal with. We're working on a Marvel film. Yeah. They put him in handcuffs, walked him outside. Then he explained who he was. He's just trying to withdraw $12,000 from his own account. And they took him out of cuffs and he was like, listen, I need to know who did this. He goes, I've walked into a ton of other Bank of Americas and I've never had this response. I want to know who did it. I want them to come right in front of me and we, and I'm going to tell them off. He goes, I have that right. And the cops were like, yeah, you do. And that was the whole thing. And this is in Atlanta. Like, come on, man. Like, seriously? Yeah. What? Someone, I can understand. He wasn't dressed up in a suit. He wasn't dressed up as anything fancy. He was dressed up like a regular schmo in a gray sweatshirt and jeans. But so what? Yeah. So you're going to tell me if someone who looked like Elon Musk came in in a mask and said, I want to withdraw $12,000, you're going to call the cops on him? Probably not. Yeah. I think that's wrong. Uh, Yeah, I, I get it. Um, it's, it's definitely wrong. And I guess, I mean, I've never worked in a bank before. I, I guess they, for them, it was just something that was very unorthodox for somebody to request so much money. Um, okay. But here, the bottom line is it's not unorthodox for you to ask for your own money from a bank. Yeah. And yeah, you're right. I forgot he did. He provided his bank card and his ID. 
Yeah. I forgot about that part. So yeah, that is a little weird. Like if that person just said that, but didn't give you any of the identification, uh, and was like, oh, well, here's my bank account number. I wrote it on a piece of paper. That's suspicious. But they didn't like give you an ID and they said, oh, well, I left my ID at home. That would be suspicious, but they're giving you their identification. I'm sure that when you looked up his name, when you looked up his bank account, it matched, you know, it should have matched. Now, granted, he didn't, he doesn't live in Georgia. So I guess they were like, well, you live in New York. Why are you in Georgia withdrawing 21 K or something like that? So, I mean, none of their business, (laughs) you know? So I I don't know. It's granted. They gave you the money. If you wanted to pull him in the back and get further information or look further into it, you should have just did that. Um, it's, it's just a weird case. And to be in his position, you know, to like go through that as a black man, it's like, wow. So I can't have money. Really? I asked for this, this amount of money and you automatically think that I'm a criminal because black people can't have money. Like that's how I'm looking at. It. And I'm sure that's how he looked at it too. You know? Yeah. So it sucks. It sucks. I mean, he's been very successful. Um, and with uh, Black Panther, it's one of the most highest grossing films directed. I think it is. Don't quote me on that. I believe that it is. I think I heard about it recently that he is um, the first black director who has um, basically directed a film of that caliber with that with, with the amount of money that that has made. It is the highest grossing film directed by a black director. Pro- probably. So um, which is big. So big up to him on that. Black Panther 2 is going to be dropping soon. Um and I can't wait for it. We just recently talked about the trailer. Um, I recently watched the trailer. Um, Lois, what's your thoughts on not the teaser trailer, but the uh, recently new Black Panther trailer that dropped? Um, I just kind of think Black Panther trailers in general don't really do the film a lot of justice. I kind of feel like it's one of those movies where the story is so intricate that to put it in a trailer, it's not that great. I think the previous trailer was better than this one. I think the previous trailer was more heartfelt, you know, and it it was more on a sad note, but it it showed you there's progression in the story. The one thing I do like and I don't like is they're using Central American culture to be Atlantis. So, which is great, but now I guess all, all my ancestors went to the sea. You know what I'm trying to say? (laughs) <laughs> that's what we did we became atlanteans um there's got to be something behind you know, that there, there, there's got to be listen, some reason i can behind understand that. that they're trying to pick an ancient um civilization and use that as the stepping stone or the buildings the 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 foundation for uh another civilization i understand that i'm kind of glad they didn't go to the road of the greeks and things like that i am grateful for that but that it just it boils down to what you see on screen is Latinos versus blacks, Central Americans versus Africans, and that's kind of the one thing that I'm not all that thrilled about because we all grow up in the same neighborhood. Well, I mean, once again, this is Marvel trailer, and you know, Marvel's has been pretty good at throwing pump fakes at us because I mean, the trailer which I'm going to play the trailer. So anybody who doesn't want to see the trailer, uh, come back in two minutes and 15 seconds. Um, starting now, the trailer doesn't give up much. Uh, so I don't know if it's necessarily going to go that route of. Yes, it will. What they've you showed, said. They've showed, um, 
um, the Submariner, uh, Namor, the Submariner, in a hallway with all Mayan writing. And he's continuing a story in Mayan. Mm. So, yeah, it just boils down to those two cultures are fighting. In the comic book, Doctor Doom is the one who set everything in motion. I kind of hope they stick to that because then it kind of leads into the Fantastic Four. There it is, all the Mayan writing. I think it will because you got to also look at it like this. We have Avengers. We have two Avengers movies that are coming up: Secret Wars and Rise of Kang, uh, or no, King 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 Dynasty. Um, one of those movies is going to lead to Doctor Doom, so I wouldn't doubt that. I feel like, all right, let me just say this. I feel like what we're seeing, there's more to it. There's more to it than just uh, both cultures just fighting. There's more to it than that. Yeah, it might start off as that. It might seem that way. There might be some kind of misunderstanding. But I feel like there's something deeper to what's going on than just what's on the cover. Okay, so in the comic books, Namor is a mutant. He's not full Atlantean, he's half human. So he's not full Atlantean, he's not full human. He is a mixture of the both, and he's also a mutant. So he he runs with the X-Men too. Doctor Doom started the war between the, uh, Atlantis and Wakanda. Um, so yeah, there has to be a reason why they're fighting, but I don't know, man. I, I just kind of, it's one of those things where Again, I feel that the trailer will not do the film justice. I love that they have Ironheart in it, but I kind of feel like the trailer cannot do the story justice. Because if you look at the first Black Panther, the trailer was good, but it did not do justice to the story. Because the story was amazing, but the trailer did not do justice to the story. I'm hoping that is a repeat for this trailer. The trailer is not going to do justice to the story. That's my full take on it. Am I going to watch it? Yes. Absolutely, I'm going to watch it. Why? I was reluctant with the first one because I thought Black Panther was kind of an asshole in the comics. In the movies, turned me into Black Panther fan of the movie. And so I think that will happen again in Black Panther 2. I will watch it, and I do think it will be enjoyable. I do think it will be a good film. I just don't think the trailer will do the story justice. Okay. I will agree that I did like the first trailer a lot. I think the reason why is because it was just so it was emotional, obviously, yes. you know, for obvious reasons. It was very emotional. But then there was just a lot of uh, a lot left to the imagination. And that made it interesting. This trailer was interesting because I finally got a glimpse at Iron, um, Ironheart, which I can't wait to see that story. I, I cannot like I cannot wait to see. What's going to lead into the future of the Marvel Universe, the future of Ironheart, the future of Iron Wars. That's going to be so interesting because I miss that Tony Stark-esque style of movie when it comes to Marvel in, in regards to like, you know, like just having mechs and things like that. I, I miss that. I, I love discovering like the new tech that Tony worked on. That was always so cool to me. So knowing that we have another character that's in that same um, like frame of mind, basically, you know, with her tech. That's going to be very interesting to see. Um, it's great to get another deep, like a, a better glimpse at, uh, you know, uh, Namor, basically. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to speak too much into it for any of our audio listeners who don't want to know about the trailer. Um, other than that, I'm excited. 
Um, I thought it was a good trailer. I'm not saying it's better than the first one, but I thought it was good. I, I thought it was a pretty good trailer. It got me kind of excited. You know, I'm, I'm pumped. I'm, I'm really excited to, you know, actually, you know, jump into this one. And yeah, we'll, we'll see where it goes. Uh, November 11th, we're definitely after the movie drops. Hopefully, Los will see the uh, opening weekend or within that week. Because, man, I can't wait to talk about it once we see it. Yeah. Like, we're deep diving into a full episode about Black Panther for sure. And we will have a non-spoiler first part and a spoiler second part. Yes. Yes. So, like, I Legion, you can watch the first half, but the second half, you may not want to watch unless you're Legion, the Legion, listen, every time we do spoiler casts, you never see the movie. Watch the damn movie this time because I want to talk to you about it. I want to pick your brain. I want to see what you like and what you didn't like. Everybody in chat, see it so we can all talk about it for sure. Yeah. Um, all right, so that concludes basically our Comic Con 2022. 2020, 22. I can't talk. Our Comic Con 2022 um, um, deep dive basically. Like I said, we jumped into a few things here and there. We can't cover everything. But we're going to get into our main show topic here. We're going to jump into She-Hulk episode eight review, Ribbit and Rip It. Yeah, I will. I will start off by saying this is the episode I was freaking waiting for. It's literally since the minute it was announced. Um, and minor minor spoilers, but at the same time, it's in the freaking trailer um, of this episode. I mean, of the of that She Hulk episode, and it was it's already been in every trailer of this. It's show. been in every trailer, exactly. It's been hinted at that he was coming. Obviously, freaking Daredevil finally showed up. Thoughts, thoughts, Los. Um, he was introduced the perfect way. Yes. I don't think there was a better way to introduce that character into the marvel mcu he yes was, they, they did a great job on the netflix the ends the nmcu netflix mcu but <laughs> for the mcu they introduced his character perfectly and he is a lot closer to the comic books and his personality he's because daredevil yeah he's you know full of guilt and stuff like that but they made him so much like such a downer in so many episodes in the NMCU, Netflix MCU, but in uh in the regular MCU, I think they just they got him right. They, he reflects more of the comic books. Yeah, I did notice that immediately with his character. Um, I saw some of the episodes of Daredevil from Netflix, not all of them. Uh, I, I kind of fell off, but I did notice that. I was like, wow, he's more laid back in this episode. Like you said, the first the uh, on the Netflix uh, series, he was really dark and just. It was like the tone of his, his character was so different compared to this so one. So serious. Yeah. Excuse me. So when I saw him in this episode, I was like, wow, okay, this is, uh, they're going a different route. They're, they're definitely going a different route with this one. Um, yeah, I, I thought I thought this episode was great. And not even just for the simple fact of like, oh, there's just action and punching and this, that, and the other. That was cool too. But it just felt like there was so much more weight to what was happening like yeah yes. i know the the first few episodes of this of the series was like oh what's funny and have fun and that's great but i just felt like nothing really had weight to it it was just like we're just here just to do stuff this is marvel this no. is the oh. this is the mcu it just followed a storyline from the comics yeah i know but it's just for me that just wasn't interesting and i guess that's why i was never into she hawk for me the first few episodes just wasn't interesting um hey, it was more interesting than obi-wan 
Oh my god. You and this Obi-Wan thing. Oh my god. Chat, who who in here loved Obi-Wan? And who in here hated? I would love to know. And if anybody's watching the VOD or listening to the auto version, put it in the comments. Who loved Obi-Wan? Um I don't know. I thought this was a great episode. It, it was definitely great to see Daredevil in here. Um yes. their their chemistry between She-Hawk and Daredevil was surprisingly interesting and it was it, it was pretty good. I actually liked it. And what it, what do you think about their chemistry? Well, here's the thing. Daredevil in the comic books is a player. <laughs> he is a player. He's constantly has a new girlfriend. He's constantly sleeping around with different women. You know? And it makes sense that two lawyers would get to know each two lawyers and two vigilantes would understand each other. Because yeah. there are two characters who have the identical same thing on both sides. You know, they're both lawyers, that's on the human side, and they're both superheroes on the superhero side, you know? So they work really well together. And they had good banter between them. I, I enjoyed it. I think it was a perfect fit. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed that. I, I actually liked that way more than I thought I would have, actually. Um what did you think about the character Ribbit? I think that's I think that's his name was. Oh. <laughs> Ribbit is a weird character. In the comics, he's a good guy and he's a bad he's a he's a good guy sometimes, he's a bad guy sometimes. But I like the fact that in this he was an idiot. He was just this rich boy, this rich snob who goes, Oh, I want to be a superhero because I want to be important. I want to be you know, I want people to worship me. So I did like it. You know, I did like yeah. it in the sense that, you know, he's just dumb. Yeah, I did kind of like that too. But he doesn't. Yeah, I I, I definitely like that. I, I thought that I thought that was kind of fun. Honestly, I thought that was really fun. Um, let me see what else. How did you, what what did you think of She Hawk's um costume in this one? Comic we book actually, accurate. Yeah, comic I like book it. accurate. I loved it. Yeah, it was pretty good. Pretty good. Um, I, I don't know. I just I just love. There was just something different about this episode. Like I said, I, I guess also because I've been waiting for Daredevil this whole time. They've been teasing him and and things like that. I just thought maybe he would have had more of a presence on the show throughout the series. Like maybe a few episodes here and there, she might, you know, run into him as a lawyer in like, you know, in a, in a, in a coffee shop somewhere and then have that be it for that episode. And then no, like, because then that's too much like the terrible Daredevil movie. <laughs> the terrible Daredevil movie. Where does yeah. he meet Electra in a coffee shop? Oh, really? I completely forgot. I haven't seen yeah. that movie in a freaking long time. Completely forgot about that yeah. one. So yeah, um, on a scale of one to five chocolate and bunnies, five being highest, what would you rate She-Hawk? Episode this eight. This episode is a five chocolate bunny. Five chocolate bunnies. Yeah. They even address the fact, you know, when she broke the fourth wall, she goes, you think this episode would be over, right? But oh, it's yeah. Not. <laughs> they even addressed that, you know, because I really said, oh, wow, this is a short episode. And then, boom, she talks. And I was like, oh, OK, there's more. And I also love that little hint to Wolverine. Which one was the hint to Wolverine? Of? I forgot. Do you remember where, where uh, her paralegal holds up all the brushes as if they were claws? Oh, yes. I, <laughs> I completely forgot about that. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, they they've been giving a lot of nods to Wolverine in this show. A lot, like not really a lot, but like a few here and there. They they've been giving some nods towards him. Um, yeah, and and I just kind of find that strange because Wolverine was first introduced as um, uh, a bad guy for the Hulk. That's well, how Wolverine was introduced into the comic world. Yeah, so it's kind of weird that She Hulk is the one that, that yeah gave all these little nods to to Wolverine. 
she also gave a nod to Red Hawk in this episode too. Yes. She was like, yeah, um, this episode was supposed to be over. Like maybe we would, I forgot how she said it, but like just saying like, well, maybe this could lead into a storyline with like some Hawk, but like a Red Hawk instead of a Green Hawk or something like that. I love her fourth wall. Like, like, like freaking nonsense. It's, it's freaking hilarious. I I love it. I I would love to see her and Deadpool. Oh, commentary. And they both break the fourth wall and they both kind of look at each other like, are you talking to them too? I guarantee it's going to happen. It's going to happen in an upcoming Marvel movie. It has to happen because those are the only two characters that are doing that right now. And to have them in a movie together doing, oh, that'd be freaking hilarious. Imagine a scene with She-Hulk, Deadpool, and the guy from Ant-Man. I forgot his name. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Uh. The actor, right? The jeez, what is the the guy that's always Paul giving? Rudd? Is it Paul Rudd? No, not Paul Rudd. His his uh friend who's always like telling stories really fast. Oh, you know uh, what I'm talking about? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Yo, I IMDb. wish they would release that video of him explaining the whole MCU. I know they they won't. It's it's gonna die in the vault somewhere. It's definitely nah. gonna die in the vault. Michael Pena. Michael he Pena, plays the character of Lewis. Yes. Lewis, She-Hawk, and Deadpool in a scene together. I guarantee I'm marking it on the calendar right now, guys. Clip it, whatever you want to do. It's going to happen. Guaranteed it's going to happen. So. I hope Guaranteed. so. And if, it's gonna ha- if it does happen, we're going to pull this clip back out for you guys. Just, just to prove that I was the first one to say it. Um, But yeah, I don't have to say the same. Uh, She-Hawk episode 8, I would give that a 5 out of 5. Chocolate Bunnies. Uh, great episode. The best episode of this series. Hands down, this is the episode that I've been waiting for. We have one more episode. Um, I'm curious to see how that one ends, especially now that Daredevil is officially in officially in the uh, MCU. My question I is... I have a feeling that in the Daredevil, they're going to use Daredevil to cross over with a lot of other characters to kind of link them together. Yeah. That's why the Daredevil series has 18 episodes. I think that's going to be... Well, it's going to be their biggest their biggest stab at uh tv shows since they started doing marvel tv shows i mean the 18 that that's a lot that's a lot of character development it's a lot of time for that and it's also that's a lot old of school television that is definitely old school television and it's definitely going to be like you said it's going to be a great way to intertwine a lot of um other characters into the mcu maybe deep dive into some characters that we already know so on and so forth so i think that's Will going to be... be in it I think she has to be at least one episode. I mean, come on. After the after the the, the chemistry they had, they they got to have her in at least one, maybe even two episodes. Yeah. So, uh, I have a question as someone who has not seen all of the Daredevil Netflix shows, is it worth is it still worth it to go watch it knowing that the new Daredevil show that we're getting next year, Marvel already says this is not a continuation of the previous Netflix show. This is something that's going to start over again. Like, like they're doing a brand new story of Daredevil, introducing him into the MCU. Is it worth yes, watching? Yes, it's it? worth it. And the reason why it's worth it is because, from my understanding, is most of the actors that were in the Netflix Daredevil show will be in the MCU Daredevil show. And not only that, they do explain some of Daredevil's background, and they okay. do follow some stuff from the comic books about his father being a boxer and things like that. They talk about all that. So for the back history, yes, but it is a very different show. It is a very violent show and it is some great action scenes. 
That's what I heard. Worth watching. I heard a lot of people say it was great. Interesting. The reason interesting. why Daredevil fought in a hallway in his first scene in the MCU is because he had great hallway fights in the Netflix MCU, in the NMCU. Ah. And you know what? I, I've never seen any of the hallway fights, but when I saw that scene in, in the most recent She-Haw episode, I was like, how much you want to bet this is going to showcase what he did before that I haven't seen? Yeah. I, I, I was thinking that the entire time. Thinking at the entire time. Um, Legion of Chat says, because you know the movie theaters will be, will be super packed on day one for that movie. Oh, I guess she's talking about Black Panther. Yeah, uh, it would absolutely be packed. Plus, many characters in Daredevil have other crossovers already, uh, like King Kingpin and, and Spider-Man and so on and so forth. True yeah, indeed. Very true. True indeed. So yeah, I mean, I'm even going to have that as my recommendation for today's episode for sure. Uh, if you guys are watching She-Hawk, man, hurry up and finish it so you can get to episode eight. It's it's totally worth, totally worth the watch. It's, it's really good, especially if you're a fan of the Daredevil series. Great freaking episode. Yeah. Um, and yeah, also don't forget, guys. Um, if you guys want to jump into our Discord, just like Legion mentioned in chat, appreciate you, buddy. Um, the link to our Discord will definitely be in the show notes as well. If you guys want to come hang out with Los and I, chat up, chat up a little bit. Uh, stay up to date on anything that's going on J House Radio related. You can catch that here. Hit the like and subscribe on the YouTube side of things and hit the bell too so you can be notified when we go live. Um, and like I said, just leave us a review on the audio podcast, guys. We really do appreciate it for sure. Um, other than that, we're going to get ready to get out of here. Um, we love you. Thank you for everything, guys. It's been a great ride. 70 episodes. Five more episodes until we hit our season finale. And then after that, we're going to take a break for a few weeks. By the time we hit the season finale, it'll probably be going into the new year. So appreciate you guys on this long ride, long, long journey. Yeah. All right. Peace and chicken grease. It's been fun times, guys. Catch you later. Later.